you know, you have to understand something. Word, word is not a concept that you learn or hear. Word is a person that you receive. You didn't get it. Word is not a concept that you hear. Word is the person of Jesus that you receive. So when you receive the word, when you receive a person, you engage with them. You're not in a lecture hall. You're receiving and engaging with the word who is a person. So you respond. I have to teach you this. See, when you're talking to somebody, when you're spending time with them, when you're on a coffee date with anybody, how do you respond to them? Do you just look at them with dead eyes, staring at them? You make them know that you're hearing them through your body language and through your words, through your gestures. You sometimes repeat what they're saying just for them to know that you are listening, that you're attentive, that you are there, present in the room. Okay? Responding to the word has nothing to do with Indian culture or North Indian culture or it has nothing to do with culture. Responding to the word is understanding whom you are engaging with and responding to it. See, how many of you watch sports? Oh, we, ha we had the FIFA World Cup, you know. Oh, if you don't watch sports, you watch Saas Bahu, TV shows. Uh, when you're watching TV, something that's happening on the screen, somehow through your body language, you're engaging with what's happening, probably thousands of miles away. When Messi scores a goal, everybody's excited. Everybody is on their chairs screaming and jumping, right? If it's not Messi for you, it's uh, maybe Virat Kohli when he hits a six, right? You, wh what you do is you're engaging with what's happening there. You're engaging. It's, it's, it is as if you're the one who's on the pitch, you know, and you have like amazing commentary to pass. Oh man, he should have done this. Oh, he should have passed the ball there. You don't even know how to play football. <laughs> we can definitely test you out after the service gets over. But because you're engaging with what's happening, right, you have so much to share. You have so much to respond to. Similarly, don't consider this time as a time where you're just listening to a concept and you're like, hmm, yeah, good, mm, I like that verse, yeah. Mm, mm. You're listening to the word of God and the word is a person. So engage with the person. Engage with the person. There's a story in the Bible in, in 1 Kings 17, Elijah, he's a prophet and the nation of Israel is going through three years of famine. And God was providing Elijah through ravens. But then suddenly God changes the source and God tells Elijah, go to that woman in Zarephath 
for I have commanded her to provide for you. Have you heard of that story? You know what happens? She, he goes to that woman, and that woman is preparing her last meal. She's a widow, and she wants to prepare the last meal. And in her mind, she is like, I'll prepare this cake, and me and my son, we'll eat and we'll die. Because that's the last thing that we have. And Elijah comes to her and says, hey, what do you have? Which prophet would you want in your house asking you what do you have? Especially when you have the last, last meal. It looks so arrogant of this prophet who tells his widow, what do you have cooked for me? I will eat. Either it's absolute arrogance of the prophet to demand or it's absolute humility for him to obey the voice of the Lord. Have you thought about that? Either it's absolute arrogance for him to say, hey, give me that. Mm. Or it's absolute humility for him to obey what the Lord told him to do. And then you see, she gives him the last meal, but then she never runs out of the food in her house. There's overflow supply of food in her house till the famine is over. Now, what I want you to put your attention to is what God told prophet Elijah. He said, go to this woman for I have commanded her. Now, looking at the interaction between the prophet and the woman, it does not seem that the Lord commanded her. It's evident that she didn't hear. See, sometimes what the Lord has commanded you, you probably haven't comprehended it until a prophet comes and reminds you again of what the Lord has already commanded you. So the word of the Lord that you're listening today is something that you've already received in your spirit. But your mind has not processed it, has not comprehended it. Because what you've received in the spirit is great deposit that your mind cannot process. It takes time for the mind. But what you hear from the word of the Lord through the prophet, through the pastor, is a confirmation of what you've already received in your quiet time. What you've already received in your personal walk with Jesus. That's why the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. It does not say faith comes by hearing the sermon. You have to hear God's word in the sermon to have faith. And that's why the word can be preached from the pulpit, but everybody can be fed in their own individual context of their lives because it's God's word that is being spoken to them. That's why when you're listening to the word of God, it's contextual. It is contextual for your life. So hear God's word in the sermon. Faith comes by hearing and hearing, you know, so the word of God, Rima, produces hearing and that hearing produces faith so listen to the voice of god so are your spiritual ears open listen to the voice of god
Are you ready? Sure? Okay, let's see. Amen. Uh, today, because we are celebrating the resurrection of Jesus, there's so much of pressure on me to preach on resurrection. But I got a word yesterday. Do not fear man, so. <laughs> I won't fear man. I won't fall into pressure. Amen. Amen. Resurrection. The resurrection of Jesus is not just a one day in a year that needs to be remembered. It's a daily reality for each one of us who believe. It has to be a daily reality. 1 Corinthians 1.18, for the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but it is a power of God for those who are being saved. That power, that power of God is the power of resurrection. Because think about it, just, just for a moment, think about it. If you didn't know Christ and you saw the cross, you didn't know Christ, just imagine, just imagine you went back 2,000 years ago and you saw the cross, you wouldn't be saying that this is the power of God. It wouldn't be a symbol of God's power without Christ. It's like, it's like looking at an electric chair and being like, wow, power of God. Or looking at uh, the, the gallows and being like, power of God. That is exactly what the cross represented. It represented death. It represented the most torturing death in, in history ever. Nobody could have been so inventive, creative about killing somebody slowly, so painfully. And that was the cross. But Christ redeemed that. If Christ could redeem the most painful death, then he could redeem your life too. So the message of the cross is foolishness because when people look at the cross, they're like, what is the, what is the big deal about this? This is death. But the Bible says it is the power of God unto salvation. Because it is the power of resurrection. It is the power of resurrection for you and me. See, Jesus being raised from the dead is not a big deal. If you just think about it, you know, when I, when I was young, I used to think, Jesus is God, right? He's the image of the invisible God. So for him to be raised from the dead, what's the big deal about it? God can do anything. But the big deal is, that the resurrection that he, he did, that reality is available for us. That's the big deal. That is the big deal. See, if you, if you look through the gospel and you see Jesus healing the sick, you know, he, and, he's, and he's casting out demons and, you know, he's delivering people from the bondage of sin and oppression. Man, and you, you're thinking, oh, you know, Jesus did all of that because he's God. That doesn't, that doesn't impress you because he can already do it. He is God. But the beauty is he did not do all of, this, all of those things as being as God. He did it all of it being as man who is submitted to God. Because if he as a man could do it being submitted to God, then there's good news for us. Then 
Jesus said, you can do greater things than me. It's a wonderful example for me to follow. There's great hope that if Jesus could do it, I could do it too. And the, and the truth is, we have been woven into his reality. Into the same resurrection reality, we have been woven into it. Okay, let me share your story. You know, this is my experience with uh, teaching Sunday school children, seven-year-old. Whenever they would lose attention, I would come up with stories. So let me see if that works. So there was a boxer. And he was, you know, what, what do boxers do? <laughs> they box. And he was in a boxing championship. And this was the final round. And he went there. It was a very tough fight. He got some of his teeth broken. His eyes were bleeding. But somehow, in the last round of that boxing fight, he was able to knock out the opponent. It was a tough fight. And he practiced for it. He, he was prepared for it. He trained for it. Finally did it, and he won the championship belt. And everybody called him a champion. He got the title of being a champion. But the beauty is he goes back home. His wife was watching him on TV. He goes back home, and he gives the championship belt to his wife. Do you know what she becomes? If he's a champion, you know what she becomes? She becomes more than a champion. That's how you become more than a conqueror. Because you have taken the name of the conqueror. See, Jesus' name is far above every other name. That's great. But how does it resonate with your life? It resonates when you become, you come in union with him. You take his surname. It's a free gift. That's the good news. Rejoice. So whatever Jesus has done on the cross, through his death, through his life, through his resurrection, you have been woven into his reality, free gift. You can walk into the newness of this life. That's why Romans chapter 6 says, if you have died with him, that's what baptism means. If you have died with him in his death, then you can be rest assured that you will be raised to life. And you can be woven into his newness of life. Christianity is not really about having a retirement plan after death or an interesting, an interesting, what's the word? Insurance policy after death. Christianity is not an insurance policy. Christianity is living an abundant life right here, right now, because Jesus has come into your life. Because he is risen, we have joy. Because he is risen, we have faith. Because he is risen, we have everything that he has. Isn't that amazing? See, when Jesus died on the cross, he took sin upon himself. He took sickness upon himself. He took oppression upon himself. He took depression upon himself. Everything that he hates to see in you, he took upon himself. And everything that he loves... To see in you, he releases it. So he takes sin, he gives you righteousness. He takes 
sickness, he gives you health and healing. He takes poverty and he gives you prosperity and the blessing of God. That's the good news. Jesus did it. That's why Paul says in 2 Corinthians 5.21, For he, knew, he who knew no sin became sin for us so that we could become the righteousness of God. You're not trying to attain to get there. You're already there. If, if your surname is Jesus, you know, when they get married, they say, here we pronounce you Mr. and Mrs. Jesus. If your surname is Jesus, then you have already been woven into the reality of Jesus. It's not something that you will get there once you die. It's something that you received, received freely by faith. You receive freely by faith. So life can be absolutely new. Your life can be absolutely heaven. Heaven. Heaven is, yeah, I believe heaven to be a geographical location, but heaven is also a dimension that's here right now. Jesus says, the geographical location of the kingdom of God is in the Holy Spirit. Romans 14, 17. For the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. And that Holy Spirit is in you. So you have heaven within you. Christ in you, the hope of glory. You, what makes heaven is Christ, and that Christ is within you. Without Christ... You know, minus that equation from heaven, minus Christ from the equation of heaven, heaven will no longer remain heaven. But that Christ has come into you. So what, what, what do you become? You become the reality of heaven. Isn't that the good news? Then you can walk into any store and you're carrying the reality of heaven. You're carrying the righteousness of God. Anything that is wrong becomes right. Any injustice that you see, you, you, you invoke the justice of God. Any chaos that you see becomes peaceful because just because you stepped into the place. Wow, that's the good news. That's the good news. Man, I, I love to be in heaven one day. But can I tell you, I'm already in heaven right now. Because heaven is not up there. Heaven is within me. Because the king of heaven is within me. The kingdom means king's domain. King's domain, where the king rules. If the king rules your heart, his domain, his reality comes within you. Amen. Romans 10 verse 9. For if you believe in your heart that Jesus was raised from the dead, and if you confess with your mouth that he is Lord, he is Lord. Is Jesus the Lord of your life? Is Jesus the Lord of your life? I heard a very clear word yesterday. Which I just want to release. Jesus saying... Jesus says to Lighthouse Church, you cannot have me as your friend until you, until you don't have me as your Lord. Some of us are so comfortable having the friendship of Jesus, but we don't realize that friendship does not come until we don't confess that he is Lord of our lives. 
lordship demands submission. Unless we don't submit to his lordship, we cannot enjoy his friendship. It's not like Jesus says, oh, only if you do this, I'll do that. No, but it is something about our experience of experiencing it. It's like, you know, the earth is shining all, uh, the sun is shining all the time, 24-7. But there are times when we still feel darkness. Why? Because we are not aligned in the direction of the sun. Similarly, unless we are not submitted, we are not aligned to be submitted to the Lordship of Jesus, you and me cannot experience the friendship of Jesus. Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness and God called him his friend. You know what a privilege for you and me is to be called friend, but it begins by us understanding that he is Lord in the first place. You know, your parents, you, you want your parents to be friends, right? Want to treat you as friends, but it comes acknowledging that they are your parents. You, you don't treat them as friends as you treat them in school. If you're in India. Once I called my mom, Yar, and I still remember. So, the, the level to which we are submitted to the Lordship of Jesus is the level to which we experience the reality of His kingdom. Let me say again, the level to which we are submitted to Jesus is the level to which we experience the reality of His kingdom. That's why the secret to experiencing an overflowing power of the kingdom is not, not reading the Bible, it's not doing all these good things that you should do, not negating all of that, but the secret is surrender. Secret is humility and submission. If you, if you pray for eight hours, but there's no attitude of surrender, I wonder who you're praying to. Go ahead. <laughs> Amen. Amen. So we're not waiting for heaven. We're not waiting for heaven. When you receive Jesus, heaven has come into your life. Heaven's reality has come into your life. So now what you're waiting on is for heaven to unveil within itself, to overflow. Let the streams of living water flow in and through you. Amen? Amen. I heard the Lord this week where he said, uh, let me just phrase this right. What some of you some of you are waiting for the second coming of Christ to fix things. While you can get all of those fixed by the power of the gospel with a renewed mind. Meaning, it's powerful, yeah. When, if you wait for Christ to come, he can fix everything. He can fix your life too. He can fix everything and anything that you require. But why wait for that time when you can have it now by believing in the power of the gospel? And having a renewed mind. Renewed mind is having the mind of Christ. How Jesus thinks, how Jesus feels, how Jesus contemplates, you know. You know how Jesus thinks? Whenever he sees a problem, he sees it as an opportunity. 
He's never afraid of a problem. Oh, 5,000 people. How are you going to feed them? Or so many people. Oh, man, so many people. Why are they here? They should be in the hospital. He's not, he's not really concerned about problems. He sees every problem as an opportunity. Wow. 20 people who are sick. Nice. That's the mind of Christ. You need to have a paradigm shift in your life. Over here, we are like, you know, we are driving the car and somebody hits us from behind. We are like, oh, Because I just faced that bumper. But having a shift in a perspective. Oh, man, this is, this is amazing. My taillight broke. Somebody's hearing the gospel. For shift in that perspective requires having the mind of Christ. Mind of Christ needs renewal. Your mind needs to be renewed. See, when you accepted Jesus, your spirit, your spirit being is completely new. Do you believe that? No. When you believed in Jesus, you know, uh, 2 Corinthians 5, 17 says, whoever is in Christ, he is a new creation. So God created a new spirit within you. So you're a new spirit. But the problem is, our mind is still old. I wish if we could do like a hard reset of our minds. Oh man, we'll all behave like Jesus. But one of the problems is, why we are struggling is, even though we have a new spirit, the memories that we fight. We have memories. We have memories that keep on reminding us, Alvin, you still have anger issues. You're still an overthinker. So you have to win over those memories by renewing your mind. Romans 12, 2. Do not be conformed to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind so that you can test and approve that God's will is good, pleasing, and perfect. Here's the thing. How many of you believe that God's will is good, pleasing, and perfect? But it takes a renewed mind to test that. Testing takes time. Testing is not, oh, yeah, it's done. Testing, you're approving something. You know, it's like a teacher going through, going through an answer sheet and approving. Yes, God's will for my life is good, pleasing, and perfect because I have approved it with a renewed mind. Without a renewed mind, you cannot approve that God's will is good. Without a renewed mind, you'll be like, COVID, three years of lockdown. God, are you still there? Oh, you're on a vacation. <laughs> but with a renewed mind, you have a new perspective. You have a new understanding that, yes, all of this is happening in the physical realm, but God is doing something. And he's doing something much greater. Can I tell you, this church and most of the churches that I'm connected to in Delhi grew, grew rapidly in the time of COVID. When everybody said, so-and-so government, when it comes to power, Christians in India will, will face dire consequences. It was when that so-and-so party came into power is when the kingdom of God started to even propel even faster. So I'm not saying, oh, we, sh we should not you know, pray for our people and we should not vote and all of that. I'm not talking about, yeah, God's will, you know. 
he'll do whatever he wants. I'm not talking about that. Yes, there's a level of partnership where we do. But what I'm trying to say is no matter what happens, no matter which, which party comes in power, the kingdom of God is always increasing. There will be no stop to that kingdom. It will always be increasing, irrespective of the geographical location, irrespective of who has the power. Because the kingdom of God is a superior power. Okay? So your, your inner man, your spirit is new, but because you still have memories of your past, the devil brings those memories and tries to make you feel like you're that same old person. You're not renewed. Yeah, you said that prayer. You accepted Jesus as your Lord, but you're still struggling with this. You still have alcohol issues. You still, you still have anger issues. You still, you know, you still scream at people when they overtake you. So the devil brings memories to make you make you feel that your life has not really changed. And because you take ownership of those thoughts, you will behave like that old person. But the truth is that old person has died. He's died on the cross. Jesus did not just die for you. He died as you. On the cross, each one of you died. And that old person is dead. So that when Jesus was raised, he raised you as a new man. You're a new man. You are reborn in the image of Jesus. So what should you do when you're struggling with things and when, when the devil is bringing thoughts and temptations in your mind, the first thing that you should do is not take ownership of it. That's not who I am. I'm the righteousness of God. Do I struggle with stuff? Yeah, but that's not who I am. I'm the righteousness of God. You're not a sinner struggling in sin, trying to be righteous. You are righteous who struggle in sin. Your identity has been transformed from being a sinner to righteous. See, when, when Paul wrote those letters of Ephesus, he did not write, to all the sinners in Ephesus, I write to you. To all the sinners saved by grace. If you're saved by grace, you're no longer identified as a sinner. Don't say you're a sinner saved by grace. You're... you're, you're you're again and again, you're emphasizing on the fact of your old identity, which is dead. So behave like a dead person. That old man is dead. Why are you, why are you resurrecting that old man? It's dead. It's gone. The identity is finished. It's taken care of. You're a new man reborn in the righteousness of God. You are, God sees you as righteous. He sees you complete. He sees you whole. He sees you accepted in the beloved. He sees you predestined to be conformed to the image of Jesus. That's how God sees you. Because the more you identify diseases, you're going to become more conscious of these diseases. But more you identify the righteousness of God, you're going to become more conscious of the righteousness of God. What do you want to identify with? Oh, why do I have cancer? What's the root of cancer? I don't care. I am the righteousness of God. I'll walk in the righteousness of God. Be conscious of healing than being conscious of sickness. Be conscious of your identity that you're righteousness of God than being conscious of why am I sinning? Oh, what is the root cause of it? Maybe my, it came from my grandfather. You reject it. You break it in the name of Jesus. Every generational curse and sin is broken on the cross. You've been set free.
The problem with the medical science is it's a study of diseases than the study of health. And because it's a study of diseases, we are getting more conscious. If I tell you, think of a blue monkey, what are you going to do? You're going to think of a blue monkey. If I tell you, don't think of a blue monkey, what are you going to do? You're still going to think of a blue monkey. So you have to completely shift your focus, replace that thought with another thought. So replace these memories of being a sinner to the memories of being righteous. But where do you get those memories from? From the book. This book tells you what it means to behave like a righteous, what it means to think like a righteous, what it means to walk like a righteous. So when you dwell in that reality, that reality catches upon you. And you're like, this is how I should behave. Wow. See, you're not, you're not doing good to become good. You are good. That's why you're doing good. You're not doing righteous to become righteous. You're doing righteous because you're righteous. The reason why we struggle to do righteous is because somewhere in our mind, we are still attaching our identity with being a sinner. I'm a sinner, I'm a sinner, I'm a sinner saved by grace. I'm still struggling. Yeah, 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 I'll still struggle because this is earth and this is fallen reality. Only when I get to heaven, everything will be fixed. That's not what the gospel says. The gospel says you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus right now. It doesn't say you will become, you are the righteousness of God. You are. Is the power of the gospel more powerful than death? that you're waiting for death to become the savior, for you to start walking in the newness of life? Or has Jesus saved you? Has Jesus saved you from this power of sin? That Jesus has become our reality. Renew your mind. Romans 12 verse 2. Let's read that. Romans 12 verse 2. Do not be conformed. Do not be conformed to the patterns of this world. Romans 12 verse 2. But be transformed by the renewal of your mind. Do you have it? Romans 12 verse 2. Okay. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. If you can, just underline the word transformed. That word transformed is the same word in Matthew, where Matthew writes about the transfiguration of Jesus. Do you remember that story? Matthew, uh, Jesus takes Peter and John, right? Let me read you that verse. Matthew, Matthew chapter 17. Matthew chapter 17, verse 2. And he was transfigured before them, and his face shone like the sun, and his clothes became white as light. Think about that picture. When he was transfigured, his face shone like the sun. His face was bright as the sun. So much that his clothes also became white as light. Imagine you were Peter and John, James and John, and you just wake up from a deep sleep and you see Jesus 
and his clothes are as white as light. Oh man. And his face is shining like a sun. That should shock you, right? That would take anybody's sleep away. That transfiguration is the same word that Paul uses in Romans 12 verse 2, be transformed by the renewal of your mind. When your minds are transformed in the spiritual realm, your mind, your God sees you like, like the description in Matthew 17, that you begin to shine like a sun. So much that, you're, that, that the things that you put on, the clothes that you put on, even they began to shine. Because in the new covenant, in the new covenant, whatever you touch, whatever you touch, you have the power to overflow. So whatever you touch turns into righteousness. See, in the old, old covenant, if there was a leper, he had to be sent out. So that he would not cause more of that disease in the camp. But in the new covenant, you see Jesus going out among the sick and the lepers. And they all begin to get healed. Because the power of the overflowing kingdom. You have the same power of the overflowing kingdom. That wherever you step into, you step into darkness, light overwhelms, dispels that darkness. You step into chaos. Peace overwhelms and dispels that chaos, right? So a renewed mind is, when, when you have a renewed mind, you are transformed into that same image of Jesus who has been transfigured, who shines like the sun. If your mind is renewed, the Bible says there's a possibility that not just not, not just your inner soul begins to shine, that shine can overflow in and through your bodies as well. Physical bodies as well. When, when we're talking about the kingdom of God, we're not just talking about, you know, have that inner peace and inner joy. That peace and joy emanates, yes, from within your heart, but it can overflow into your bodies as well. I think it is in Proverbs it says, a cheerful heart is like a medicine. A joyful heart is health to your body. A peaceful mind can deliver you from an oppressive torment of the devil. So whatever you have in your spirit being, this kingdom of God is not just there to be limited to the spirit realm, but it has to overflow into your heart, into your mind, out through your body. That when you begin to pray for the sick, healing flows. Because the health and the life of Jesus is flowing in and through you. But it takes the renewal of the mind. Renewal of the mind is aligning your mind to be the mind of Christ so that your mind is focused on God's will. God's will that is good, pleasing, and perfect. What is God's will? Jesus said, pray like this. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So having that paradigm of thinking in your mind where you are always expecting heavenly reality at all times. So when you see sickness, this is not a heavenly reality because there's no sickness. So what should be your response? Healing. Praying for healing, praying for divine health. When you see somebody struggling in sin, that's not a heavenly reality. So what do you do? 
You pray for righteousness. You pray for them to be delivered from that, from that oppression. Delivered from that addiction. So a renewal of the mind is having a paradigm shift in your mind where you start thinking like Jesus, where you want to declare and you want to believe that everything that is on heaven will be in your natural reality. So everything that you have in your house, in your family, in your surroundings can be heaven right now because the king of heaven is within you. The king of heaven is within you. But you need to align your mind to that reality. To be conscious of that reality. Just like I, I said blue monkey and everybody thought of blue monkey. You're doing it right now. Just like that, you can be aware of your heavenly reality at all times. And as your mind is aware of your heavenly reality, the heavenly reality flows through your body. It overflows. It overflows at all times. Because it's already there. The Spirit is already there. Amen. You know, one of the battles that we face, not one, the major battles that we face, the spiritual battles that we face, is not the ones that we face externally. The major battles that we face in our private life is right here. In our minds. The mind is the biggest battlefield. All the spiritual warfare that happens, right happens between your ears. And most of you, let me just say most of us, most of us, we think that it's my thought, my feeling. So in the morning that you wake up, oh, I'm depressed. You wake up, I'm feeling sad. What is happening is you are taking ownership of some thoughts and some feelings that are not really yours because your thoughts and feelings are righteousness. But you're taking ownership of somebody's given thoughts and you're taking ownership of that and, and you begin to feel that. I'm feeling depressed. So you begin to feel depressed. The more you say it, the more you see it in your reality. Oh, today I feel so lazy. Lo and behold, you are lazy. From feeling lazy to being lazy. So what do you need to do? From the time you wake up in the morning till you sleep, you have to, you have to take every thought as captive. Every thought that does not align to the message of the cross, you have to take it as captive and you have to reject it. This is not my thought. Alvin, you're feeling jealous of your brother. Am I feeling jealous? Yeah, maybe I am. And you're having this inner conversation and soon and behold, you're feeling jealous. You're already there. But if you take captive of that thought, this is not my thought. I'm not going to take that. That's not my thought. If somebody gives you a gift that you don't like, what do you do? Return. But if you take it, you have it with you. So don't take the gifts that the devil gives you. It's not mine. I'm not going to receive it. If, if, if you walked 
in the streets of Delhi and, and a crow, you know, crapped over your shoulders, what would you do? You'd be like, wow, interesting. And would you stay there having a pity party? Or would you go quickly, wash yourself, and be new again? So having thoughts is not a problem, but taking ownership of those thoughts and feelings is a problem. Because you're staying there, you're dwelling there. Don't stay there, don't dwell there. Stay in the word of God. That's why Jesus said, if you abide in my words, I will abide in you. So when you have these conflicting thoughts, you have these conflicting feelings, abide in God's word. The devil may throw so many different things at you. You're a fool. Your, your future looks hopeless. You're not going to survive. You're in this rat race. You haven't done enough. You'll never be enough. The devil will throw different things at you at all times. Don't receive it. If you get it, the moment you get it, recognize, does this, does this relate with the message of the cross? If it is not, then reject it. That's not my portion. I'm not, going to, I'm not going to receive jealousy. I'm not going to receive comparison. No, I'm not going to receive a thought of sickness. I'm not going to receive the thought of feeling low. No, because that's not who my reality is. That, that is not who I am. And you stand on that word. Amen? See, you know, it's like one morning you get up and you have a, you have, Pain, pain in your shoulders, and the devil is talking to you. Yeah, maybe, maybe it's uh, it's causing because of your blood is blocked somewhere, and you're like, no, 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 no. And then you know what he does is he'll keep throwing options at you. Now the thing is, technology is so available for us. The first thing that we do is we look in Google. What you're doing is you're becoming more aware of your problem than becoming more aware of what God has provided for you. I love what Bill Johnson said once. He said, if, if you're more aware of the world news than you're aware of the word, then the pain the world news causes is self-inflicted. Self-inflicted. Don't blame anybody. So the devil will throw these darts at you. You're sick. You're feeling hopeless. You're this, you're that. But you should not reject it. I am the righteousness of God. I am the righteousness of God. Are there times when you fall? Yes, but you're still the righteousness of God. You know, when you fall in the pit, you don't become a pig. You're still a human. You still have the ability to get up from the pit and still walk away. You're still the righteousness of God. Even when you struggle, even when you fall, you're still the righteousness of God. Learn to forgive yourself as much as you forgive others. Quickly. The quicker you can learn to forgive yourself, because the quicker you recognize that God has already forgiven you, you can forgive yourself. Why did you get angry? Oh Lord, sorry. Thank you. Thank you for the cross. Forgive me. That's it. Move on. But you stay there. How did I do this? How how did I get angry? Oh, You stay on that. What you're doing is you're dwelling on the problem. You're magnifying the problem. Don't magnify the sin. Magnify the righteousness of God. 
become more conscious of God's righteousness that is there for you. That's renewal of the mind. When you start thinking like Jesus. So if your mind is aligned with how Jesus thinks, then you start behaving like him. You start talking like him. You start walking like him. Amen. That's why he says, imitate him. Imitate him as dear children. Imitate him. How do you imitate him? By seeing his examples. Not holding a pity party. Amen. How many of you struggle? We all struggle. But thanks be to God that Jesus delivered us from all sin and all consequences of sin. Amen. So we're, we're not holding on to that. We are holding on to the righteousness of God. We are created for good works. Amen. That God created beforehand so that you walk in them. Amen. Become more conscious of what God has done than being conscious of what you have done. At all times, be conscious of what God has done. What God has done. What God has done. What God has done. Rather than being conscious of, oh, I did this. I did that. I did this. But what God, what did you do? You have saved me. You have delivered me. Your righteousness has freed me. You have set me free. Being more conscious. Amen? Amen? Come on. I just declare a righteous consciousness right now. Let your minds be renewed, washed by the blood of Jesus. Your conscience is completely washed by the blood of Jesus. Amen. I just speak right now pure imaginations. Pure imagination. Wicked imagination to be canceled. Washed by the blood of Jesus. Pure imagination. Your mind to have pure imaginations. Pure imagination. Pure thoughts. Pure pictures. The word of God can clean you. Can clean you. You are clean because of the word that I have spoken. You are clean because of the word that I have spoken. Clean imagination. Clean pictures. Father, we thank you for your will for us is good, pleasing, and perfect. It is for our benefit. It is for our future. It is for peace. It is to give us good hope. It is not for torment. It is not for Yes, it is, it, is, it is not hopeless. It is a future of good hope. Come on, just take this moment just to respond to the Spirit. What you have received from the Word, just respond to Him. Respond, respond in your own words. Respond in your own words. Just respond. To to be able to renew your mind. You know, it is not a coincidence that Paul talks about living sacrifice and then he talks about being renewed. Worship, worship, worshiping God, exalting Him always leads to a renewal of the mind. Always. Your mind is renewed in the presence of your Father. Your mind is renewed in the presence of in the presence of His goodness. The Bible says, it is the goodness of the Lord that leads man to repentance. You know, we can't renew our minds on our own. We can't change our minds on our own. We can't do anything on our own. But in the presence of the Father, in the presence of His goodness, something happens to our hearts that our hearts begins to transform. Something happens to our minds that our minds begins to renew all by itself. 
So take a moment to see the goodness of the Lord in your life. Take a moment to see His presence right now that is here. His presence can renew your mind. His presence can absolutely, completely change your mind. I don't know what you're going through today. I don't know the struggles that you have. I don't know the issues that you have in your family. But I can tell you, God's plans are much better than what you think of yourself. God has a great future for you. So if you can say yes, yes to His will, His will will come alive in your life. His ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. His plans and dreams for us is higher, more superior than what we can think for ourselves. But if you say yes, you say yes. Say yes. Say yes to the goodness of Jesus. Say yes. Oh, Father, we worship you. spirit there was somebody here who could not sleep last night had trouble sleeping if that's you I just want to declare complete deliverance complete deliverance over your sleep patterns yes for some of you the Lord is putting a deep burden to pray and God is going to change your season into a season of praying so that your, your faith will turn into enduring faith. A faith of endurance. Faith of endurance. Faith of endurance. There's something amazing that the Lord is doing, shaping your heart, shaping your life. For what lies ahead, you need the shaping to take you there. You need the shaping to, to help you sustain there. Yes. Yes. I, I see I see somebody here who is really battling offense. Offense, offense within within your close circle. But but you're offering unto the Lord. And I just want to say this. I want to encourage you saying, the Lord sees it. The Lord sees your offering. The Lord sees your offering. Your private battle is not just your private battle. It's, it's a victory for the body of Christ. Don't let offense take, take that place in your heart. Keep, keep, keep offering it unto the Lord. Keep offering yourselves as living sacrifices, holy, acceptable. Oh, yes. I see, I see that person who's fighting offense. I see a greater breakthrough coming in your way. Greater breakthrough, greater breakthrough, greater breakthrough. God is teaching you compassion.
through that process. He's teaching you. Offense is not from the Lord, but He can use that situation to teach you something really wonderful. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. Yes. Respond to his goodness. If there's somebody here today, you heard this gospel for the first time, and you want God's reality to become your reality. If you want heaven to become your reality today, if you want to receive Jesus in your heart today, just say this prayer after me. Just say. Jesus, Jesus, I give my life to you. I believe that you were raised from the dead. And I confess that you are the Lord of my life. I confess that you are the Lord of my life. I confess, I confess that you are Lord. Thank you for setting me free. Thank you. Thank you for making me new once again. I completely believe in the power of your blood. Your blood has made me new, washed me new. In Jesus' name we pray. I also feel in my spirit there's God wants to move in healing right now. So if there's anybody who is feeling sick in your body or who just wants to stand proxy for your family member or your close friend, you know, this is a time you you just we just want to pray this over you. We want to pray a word of healing over your life and over somebody whom you're pro whom you are doing proxy for. If that's who you are, just uh just stand up on your feet. Just stand up on your feet. If you're asking for healing right now, come on. Just look to the Lord. The Lord, ah, His will for your life is good. His will for your life is pleasing. His will for your life is perfect. His will is as it is in heaven, let it be in your life. As it is in heaven, let it be in your life. So come on, just declare God's will upon your life. Say, let your will be done. Let your will be done. Come on. Come on. Let your heavenly will be done. Let your 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 will be done. This sickness has no place. This sickness has no place in our life. So we command the sickness in the name of Jesus. We rebuke it in the name of Jesus. We cancel every power of sin and darkness and the demonic forces. We rebuke it in the name of Jesus. Sickness has no role in this house. Jesus is the Lord of this house. We declare the authority of Jesus in this house. We declare the authority of Jesus in this house. Let His power be revealed right now. Right now. Thank you, Jesus.
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, we believe. We believe. We believe. We believe. We believe. We believe. Yes. Yes. A death could not hold you. Well, told before you. Silence the boast of sin. The heavens are roaring, the weight of your glory. For you are raised to life again. You have no righteousness we speak the peace and the joy of the kingdom to overflow in and through your life overflow 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 in and through your life uh, some of you have been have been struggling in this habitual sin I declare I declare the blood of Jesus over your life that addiction is broken today right now in the name of Jesus, you are set free once and for all. Set free by the blood of Jesus. Yes. 
Yeah, set free by the blood of Jesus. Name of Jesus. Name of Jesus. What a beautiful name.